It's a historic congregation that just wants the opportunity to meet together. I'm Stuart Shepard, and this is First Liberty Live. We're in the middle of a neighborhood here, not far from a private airport. You can hear lawnmowers in the background, and you'll hear a plane fly over every now and then. And we're here to talk about White Rock Chapel. There's a lot of history here that you're going to want to hear, and this is the guy that's going to share it with us. This is Dr. Don Wesson, who uh, happens to own this property. Hi, Don. Hi. I've also got Jeremy Dice, our attorney, with us here as well. We're going to get his word on this as we go along. Don, first, tell me about this property. What, what is the story behind this congregation that has met here for so long? The story is that this property uh, was a part of the Freedman's Town, Upper White Rock Freedman's Town, that began shortly after the end of slavery in 1865. Wow. Five formerly enslaved families decided that as an anchor for the Freedman's Town, they would work together to earn money to buy land for a church. Which is not easy to do as an African-American in the Deep South in that era. Having left being enslaved with absolutely nothing. Yeah. But they, these five families worked together for 19 years to earn enough money to buy land for a church. So that's the first amazing part of the story. Now, to be clear, the property you're talking about is about 100 yards that way? That's correct. That was originally on White Rock Creek. And, okay. and so the name of the Freedman's Town was the Upper White Rock Creek Freedman's Town. My understanding is there was a problem with it being right on the creek. Well, it was initially a benefit because many of the properties were put on the creek for a water source and the like. Yeah. But then that creek flooded uh, periodically and around 1900 there was a really awful flood that swept away a family of five wow and so because of that the congregation moved that their church from the banks of white rock creek to this higher property now the original property they bought from a man who had enslaved them wow he agreed to sell them the property, and on top of that, that man helped them build that original church and attended church services with them. And that's quite a statement. I mean, it's one thing to say that you're anti-slavery or to speak out against it. It's another thing to actually go to a historically black congregation and meet with them on a Sunday. That speaks volumes. It does speak volumes, and it's a story of reconciliation a story of adversarial groups coming together in a spiritual context. That's a story that has implications and can be a template for how to solve problems in our society today. Okay, so bring us up to date with this building. I understand there were other buildings along the way. One was burned, probably arson. Well, before we get to that, yeah. so we moved to the higher land and that former slave owner donated this land to those families yeah. so that that church could be re relocated here. So again, continued amazing work that we believe was God-inspired work that led to this church being formed, being continued, and despite all of the advers the adversities that it's, it, it faced over the years, yeah. it is still here. Now, this building was built in 82. This foundation was set in 1918. 
Okay. The original church was built soon thereafter that. There you go. And it was and it stood here until 1960 when it was burned uh, to the ground, presumably by arson. Although th there was never a an official police report. Yeah. Uh, for that, and so when that church was burned, the congregation met in the second building behind us that was then the parsonage. Okay. And so they met there until the early 1980s when this current building was built and built along with help from the town of Addison. Right. So this has been a collaborative process from the start. And so this building has been here since about 1980. Now something that you have to notice when you drive up to this property is there is a historical marker out front. Tell me about that. Absolutely. So this is a, an official Texas historic site to build on that legacy of history that I've just told you about. The state of Texas has said this is an important site. We want to continue to elevate that story, to spread that story going forward. And that's one of the missions that we have, not just to tell that spiritual story that I've just described, but also to tell that historical story. Now, I want to help people understand your role in this story. The church essentially went bankrupt, correct? Well, the church went into receivership. There were uh, individuals who had paid uh, many of the fees related to uh, the, the defense against people who were trying to take the uh, the property and there was an individual who was a descendant of one of those five families who thank God stood there in the gap and paid over decades wow. uh, uh, thousands and thousands of dollars of legal fees to uh, fend off those who were trying to uh, take this property and eventually he and the prior leadership of the church uh, disagreed and because of that he asked for his a repayment of the fees that he had paid over the years that led to the church uh, going into receivership. And that's where you come into this story is right about that time. Correct. Uh, I want to explain it's Dr. Wesson. You're a, a nephrologist, that's a, a kidney doctor. Correct. Uh, and so you're not a pastor. I oh, mean, no. It's not like you're no, the, no. the head of a congregation here, but you, you no, looked no. at this and you said, I need to pick that up. Well, uh, yes. So my family and I are deeply involved in our church. We've been uh, deeply involved in Bible studies since the early 90s. We're members of Bible Study Fellowship. We have learned how important uh, spiritual health is to us as individuals and communities. And so when we heard this story that I just related to you and recognized that there was a danger that these buildings would be torn down and that rich spiritual and history legacy would be lost, we said that that couldn't happen. So we stepped in and purchased the property. So what's your vision for White Rock Chapel? What would you like to see happen here? We want to continue to build on that historic spiritual legacy of reconciliation. I cannot imagine more adversarial and disparate groups than a, a former enslaver and formerly enslaved coming together working together to not only start a church but to attend a church at at the same time and they did so for generations thereafter that's a story that we need to continue to build on and plus that his that history that i've just told you a bit about that needs to be uh, built on going forward and so that's not just a story for addison that's not just a story for texas 
that's a story for the nation to, to, to learn, to build on, and to emulate. Typically, at this point in the story, I'd say, good job, and we'd wrap it up and we'd move on, but there's a problem, and that is there are some folks in the neighborhood that don't want you having meetings here. Not to, you, They don't want you to have a, a church gathering here. That's correct. Uh, we've, w when we went to get a permit to do the remodeling of the chapel to make it available for church services and Bible studies, the neighborhood opposition uh, came alive. And so that has led to what has now been more than a two-year battle of meeting personally with neighbors to try to get their input as to what would be a reasonable set of conditions under which they would be supportive of us or uh, opening up. Yeah. We've met personally with leaders of, that, uh, of the neighborhood seven different times to devise what we are calling a special use permit that would allow us to open. Once we have devised that special use permit, it went before the town council in July. Because there was so much opposition, particularly from neighbors who were immediately adjacent to the property, we had to get a super majority of the council to approve. There are seven council members that meant that we need to get six to approve, we got only five to Ouch. approve. So two voted disapproval. Yeah. So that meant that we were not allowed to move forward. We're not allowed to even enter the buildings. Not only can we not have worship services, we can't have our weekly Bible studies that we've been having. Remember I said we're a member of Bible Study Fellowship. Yeah. So we've had to move our Bible studies to a virtual format. Jeremy, this is where I'm gonna bring you in because you can help us understand this. I, the one question that I've had about this all along is, this building clearly had a church meeting in it for many years, but now the city is saying, but not today. How did that happen and how does that get fixed? Well, it goes back to that special use permit. Now, remember, this is the only church in the city of Addison. There aren't any other churches here in the city of Addison. At so, all? At all. So perhaps the, the city's had some inexperience with uh, approving churches to be able to build things where they exist or whatever it might be. But regardless, yeah. uh, the neighborhood around here appears to be opposed to having this church in their backyard or in this case in their front yard. Uh, and so when uh, Dr. Wesson and his wife purchased this property to continue that rich legacy that he was talking about, for the first time in its history, they had to go and find a permit. Why do I say the first time in its history? Well, well that's exactly the question I was asking. Because why, why, would, why do they even have to do this? Well, because uh, before 2018, when he purchased the property, for 140-some-odd years, they didn't have a thing called zoning. This was not a part of the zoning process at all. It had always either been grandfathered or, you know, back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, nobody cared about this thing called zoning. So they didn't have to have that issue at all. Yeah. So when Dr. Wesson bought the property, the first obstacle they had to overcome was for the first time in its history, they had to go through the zoning process to be able to remodel the building inside. And so they began to do that, but the neighborhood became upset by the process. And so what uh, he mentioned is that they met with the neighbors. Well, that wasn't just one meeting. It was seven different meetings that they had with the neighborhood around here trying to resolve this matter. What the city council had said is, look, we'd rather you guys fix this issue at the local level. So why don't you go and try to come to a resolution with the neighbors? Which That's frankly what Dr. is Wesson the did. Christian thing to do. You were trying to do it the Christian way. Absolutely. Right. But it was seven different meetings. And every time they would concede a point, there would be a new demand put on them by the neighborhood. And after that entire time, even after the seventh meeting where there was still more demands being made on them after that, 
uh, things like whether or not you could even host a wedding inside the church. In fact, there was question marks raised by the city council or by the uh, city attorney for the, the, the city that weddings weren't even a part of what a church does, which is well, somewhat remarkable <laughs> to think about, but that's what parts of the discussion was that we were able to, were, that they were trying to have during that old time. Yeah. So then they come up to the vote with the city council, which Dr. Weston's already outlined, and they lost by that one vote. So here we are with this church not able to exist. We're, we're doing this interview outside, not just because it's a pretty background or we like to hear the, the lawnmowers in the background, <laughs> yeah. but because we can't go inside the building. They Literally have a certificate of occupancy. I can't walk in the building even if I wanted to. You, you would, you're not allowed legally to unlock the door and just let me look inside? That's correct. That's crazy, Jeremy. Yeah, so we sent a letter on behalf of Dr. Weston and his wife in the White Rock Chapel saying, look, the city of Addison, in denying this special use permit, has violated and substantially burdened the free exercise rights of this congregation. And so they need to present to us a compelling justification for why they've done so. Right. Saying not in my front yard or not in my backyard is not a compelling justification here. What As about see, parking? What about traffic? All That's those were dealt with. Things. All those were dealt with around the, uh, the, the special use process. The, the reports that we have from engineers by the city saying that's not going to pose an issue whatsoever. Yeah. Look, th those weren't really the complaints that were being offered. The complaints were things like, you're going to bus kids from South Dallas, which is a heavily minority part of town to this part of town, which is less than a minority part of town. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have those kids coming up here and who knows what they're going to be doing. Uh, the people who are going to be working on the remodeling of this building are coming out of prison as a part of a, a contracting uh, program that allows them to uh, reintegrate into society. Which is a Christian things. thing to do. Shockingly, I know, that's a great thing for us to do. And, as, and historically, that's what the church has always done. Yeah. Those are the types of complaints that are being offered and, and thrown against uh, here. In addition to some other ones that I just don't even feel comfortable uh, putting forward because they're just so nasty. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is it comes down to the fact that as you see these, these large mansions behind us, the character of this neighborhood doesn't match so much with, at least in their minds, with the humility of this little church in their front yard. And they really just don't want it here. And so they pitched a fit enough to get enough grease from the city to be able to prevent this church from getting its special use permit. Well, we've said you've got a real problem with that. You've run up against several areas of the Constitution, the state of Texas's Constitution, federal law and state law, yeah. and they've got about 60 days to, to make things right, or else we're going to be forced to go to court and uh, have the, the law applied to them, which if we do, we're going to be very, very successful. And I don't think we're going to have to do that. But we're more than happy to go to court and make sure that this church, who has lasted here through floods, through fires, through uh, potential arson, through all kinds of legal shenanigans for years to have this property to exist here, that it remains here, not just for the 140 years of its history, but for 140 years into the future. Every church in America should have the right to exist, even over the objections of their neighbors that are fruitless, meritless, and frivolous. I'm not an attorney, but even I can name the federal laws that would protect this. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's not hard. So your hope is, what I'm hearing is, your hope is that the city council will take another look and go, we were wrong. Okay, let's move on and give you the permission to go ahead and enter the building that you own. That's precisely our hope. Now, I'll tell you a worry we have on that. Now, I think the city is going to realize the error of their ways and not want to go up against a formidable law firm, not only with First Liberty Institute, but with our, our co-counsel at McDermott, Will and Emery. Yeah. A big one-two punch in the law here. That's, that's a big one for them to undertake. And not to mention paying their own attorneys to defend against such a thing would be a very expensive prospect for the city to undertake. Yeah. But even if the city agrees to the special use permit, the rumblings we're hearing around the neighborhood here is that the neighbors themselves may take it upon themselves to file a lawsuit. Oh. 
To which my response to the neighbors is simply, bring it on. We're, we're happy to defend against that issue. If they, they can't abide by the decision of the city, the recognition by the city, by uh, prominent attorneys in the, in the country with McDermott, Will and Emery and ourselves that you're violating the law and you still want to run headlong into that windmill, we're more than happy to bring the law to bear against them as well. Very good. Don, what else would you like to share before I let you go? I appreciate you're making time for us today. Well, and I appreciate the opportunity for you to giving us the, uh, the time to tell our story. We want to build on that spiritual legacy that I've just described. The coming together of these disparate groups that we've talked about, that's a template for what our society needs today. We think it is a tragedy that the town has not given us an opportunity to allow God to move forward with this reconciliation ministry that will be healing for the neighborhood. And what you've heard, there's an opportunity for healing of this neighborhood, the state, and we would even say the country. Well, we are praying for you. We're cheering for you. We're honored to get to stand alongside you in this fight. Jeremy, thanks for, for explaining it so clearly for all of us to get a, a, an understanding of it. Our wish is for White Rock Chapel, our prayer is for White Rock Chapel to be a beacon of hope and reconciliation, not just for this neighborhood, but for the whole city of Addison, that it would be a light that everyone can get a glimpse of. So we're, we're going to be with you all the way through this. And uh, if you want to keep track of this, just Keep an eye on firstliberty.org, and also we'd encourage you to subscribe to our, in, our insider newsletter, FLI Insider, just on the homepage of FLI.org. Just look for the subscribe button. You can find it there. And we invite you to be part of this. If you'd like to give to help support not just this fight, but all the fights that we're involved in all over the country, I just look for the, the big red give button at the top of the website. That's how you can be part of the victory that we will win for White Rock Chapel. Absolutely. First Liberty is fighting for what matters most.